Welcome to the Pop Culture Bicycle Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Culture Bicycle, where we ride you on our handlebars to the very best and sometimes the worst parts of pop culture media. Today, we have some Fast 10 news, some Sherlock Holmes news, Will Smith news, Perry Mason news, big if true, and more. Oh yeah, I forgot to introduce us. <laughs> I'm your host, Jake, and alongside me, as always, is Luke. They don't need to know who Luke. we are. They can see our face. They don't need to know our names. Yeah, it's good enough. Just take a guess by looking at our faces, what our names are. By the way, if you're not on the YouTube watching us and listening, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. I don't I don't know if we... Uh, I don't know what the URL for the YouTube is, but YouTube search Pop Culture Bicycle. Dot computer slash www wwf yep all right first up uh the rap is reporting brie larson joins fast and the furious 10 past 10 you're past 10 past 10s mm. uh the next fast and furious is getting some additional oscar winning talent best actress winner brie larson is joining the family for fast and furious 10 franchise star and producer vin diesel Revealed on Instagram, uh, a source with with knowledge further confirmed news of Larson's casting to the rap. And fucking here's a uh, Vin Diesel always posts the best things on his Instagram. So. Are you, you going to do it in a Vin Diesel impression? No, do it. No. All right. uh, you have no idea how timeless and amazing she will be in our mythology. Diesel said in his post, which featured a picture of himself and Larson laughing. Oh. Beyond her beauty. Her intellect, her Oscar, haha, is this profound soul who will add something you might have not expected but yearned for. Welcome to the, this is all caps, family, Brie. I feel like he was really trying to hit on her. Yeah. <laughs> he does that. Her beauty, and, uh, that's my Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, bruh. Her beauty and intellect. Sounds like The Undertaker. Um, Did you see the, the there's, there's like compilations of, Vin Diesel being fucking cringy, but there's one clip from this interview that he did. It was like a, um, like it was like a Brazilian interview. Yeah, and he just starts hitting on this, hitting on the interviewer, Ugh. and just making it super awkward. Just keep repeating like, "Oh, she's so beautiful, like, right? Right, guys, isn't she so beautiful?" And That's she's odd. like, uh, "Thanks, uh, <laughs> I'm from Brazil. I don't want you." Uh, um, I wonder if he's just kind of stuck in what two thousand two when the first Fast and the Furious two thousand one two thousand one yeah he's still like stuck in two thousand one Vin Diesel when he was like the hot shit and yeah. he just expects to be the hot shit yeah that's probably why these movies are still fucking going because he's a producer on them yeah he's like oh I gotta keep the legacy well, meanwhile people are like nobody wants this <laughs> nobody cares <laughs> people watch your movies to laugh at them. Uh, you saw that post, right, when he called out The Rock? No. Or he's like, oh, we got to honor uh, Paul Walker's legacy by finishing what we started. Oh, right. And blah, blah, blah. Like, he, I don't know, it's just cringy. He's like one of those um, fake housewives on Instagram where it's it, the picture's taken of, like, what she made for dinner at a perfect angle. Meanwhile, behind her, the house is a mess. Yeah, house is on fire. Yeah. 
Uh, well, you know what house isn't on fire? HBO Max. They're pumping out some good stuff lately. They might be on fire. We don't know. Well, that's true. We don't work for HBO Max. <laughs> and it seems like they're going to be pumping out a Sherlock Holmes, like film TV universe. Yeah. Uh, this is according to Deadline. HBO Max and Warner Brothers are looking to build a Sherlock Holmes film slash TV universe. That's it. That's all you needed to know. <laughs> In the mold of the TV series offshoots of Suicide Squad and the Batman on Warner Brother Media Streamer, which just say it was HBO Max. Yeah. I hate when they do that. Uh, we hear that two potential spinoff series from the Warner Brother movie franchise starring Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law are currently in early development at HBO Max. Executive producer by Team Downey's Robert Downey Jr. and Susan, Susan Downey. The way they write their articles almost seems like a essay that you needed more words for. Oh, uh, what website is this? This is from Deadline. Oh, they're, they're just trying to... Yeah. Ramble on to Yeah, it. it's just try to get word count. Yeah. Each of the proposed series would focus on a different character. Robert Downey Jr., Susan Downey, and Team Downey's Amanda Burrell are executive producing alongside Wingram's produce uh, productions Lionel Wingram, who produced the two Sherlock Holmes films. Mm. Unlike the Suicide Squad offshoot series, Peacemaker and the Batman's Penguin which are built around existing characters. We hear that Sherlock Holmes spinoff would revolve around characters that have not been introduced yeah, yet. Which that are going to be me, introduced into the series. Yeah, which also makes me not excited. Yeah. Because when you hear like an offshoot, you're like, oh, I love the movie because I was invested in those characters. Yeah. But, hey, the Peacemaker was fucking dope. That's true. And but, I, I was definitely not excited for a Peacemaker. I'm like, out of all the characters. Yeah, but at least you seen Peacemaker and Suicide Squad before there was a series. This was going to not have any of the original members from the movies and just introduce new characters oh, yeah. in the series. Yeah. So there's that. Who knows? Could be good. Yeah. Could be it, amazing. It goes on. We hear the plan has been for the characters to be part of a long-in-the-works third installment of the feature franchise, and which was originally slated for December 2020 and then got pushed to December 2021. And now they're claiming pandemic setbacks the entire time for the third movie. What else is new? Yeah. Uh, yeah, both the actor and the third movie's director, De- Dexter Fletcher, who succeeded to become the... F- I'd love if I could just speak. All right, Dexter I wish Fletcher, who succeeded... The first two films, Helmer, Guy Ritchie, have publicly expressed their commitment into making the third film, even though there's no set date for its release yet. Mm. But they're going to be coming out with this spinoff that's supposed to have characters that are going to be in the third movie, but they're not introducing them until the spinoff. It's kind of a mess already, Yeah, but I, I enjoyed the first two Sherlock Holmes films. With Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, I, I don't really, really remember anything about those movies. I, I, I remember like Robert da- or yeah Sherlock Holmes like doing fights in his mind. Yeah, yeah, he was either like analyze if I do this, he does this, and this is the best form of attack. The second movie was probably not as good as the first movie, just because it was almost a carbon copy of the first movie. So you're just like, oh, I've seen this before, but. I, I'm excited to at least see what they bring to the table with this spinoff. I did you watch the Will Ferrell John C. Riley? No, <laughs> I heard it was garbage. Yeah, I heard it was garbage too. I wonder what it what it's rated on IMDb. It's probably like I want to say like three three point something. Three point something. I'll give it a four five. Let's see. 
was it called? Was it just called like Holmes and Watson? It's something like that. Holmes, Katie Holmes, Nola Holmes. Yeah, Holmes and Watson. Three point nine. All right, that's still not good. <laughs> still not good at all. But hey, I'm never gonna watch it. Yeah, I I might give it a chance if it's on and I have insomnia. Yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't even watch that. <laughs> I'd rather watch. My fucking wall. Yeah, right. Um, speaking of HBO Max, HBO Max to develop Aqualad origin story. You brought me the ocean with Charlize Theron uh, producing. Gotta love me some Charlize Theron. This comes from Variety. They say HBO Max is developing a series version of You Brought Me the Ocean, the young adult graphic novel about the origins of DC's Aqualad. Variety has learned from sources. I've never even heard of it. Probably because I'm not a young adult. Yeah, right. Uh, the live-action one-hour dramedy is based on characters from DC and the graphic novel by Alex Sanchez and Joel Moreau. The series will explore the life of Jackson Jake Hyde, a gay teenager living in New Mexico. All his life, he has had a strange attraction to the water and yearns to escape his desert surroundings for the ocean. As he explores his abilities, including breathing under and controlling water, he also finds himself falling in love with his classmate, high school swim captain, Kenny Liu. Uh, yeah. I guess Jackson Hyde is like the third Aqualad or something. Okay. I, I Full disclosure, I have n- no backstory on Aqualad at all. Uh. He's a gay teenager living in New Mexico all his life. He he's, a, att- he's the third one, though? I like think that, so. There was two more before. Uh, yeah. There's, I don't know, I've never really read anything about Aqualade, but I watched the shit out of the show Young Justice, and he is uh, like one of the main characters on the team. But that's, his name is Calderon. So. I don't know. Like, but every... Like, picture that I've seen on articles, like, have Calderon's picture with the article, but I don't know who Jackson Jake Hyde is. I wonder if that's, like, another uh, Moonlight, like, did I say Moonlight? Moonlight kind of thing, mm. where his main personality wasn't even a person personality in the source material. I wonder if it's something like that. I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he has a... Uh... Like multiple personality disorder, but I don't know. I don't know. It's a either. young young adult graphic novel. I don't don't know if I'm interested in it. I don't. I'm. I'll say right now that I'm not. Yeah, I didn't watch like really any of the Hunger Games movies. Uh, I did watch the two Percy Jackson movies just because they had like superpowers and stuff. I watched the Hunger Games movies and they were decent. Uh, what else? Maze Runner? Never watched Maze Runner. Me, me either. But I don't know. I, I mean, I'll check it out yeah. if it ever comes to fruition. Right. Because Who knows? DC loves to announce shit without really doing anything with them. I, I, pretty soon, and probably not pretty soon, but I say within next maybe 10 years, they're just going to be rehashing the older uh, superhero movies again. Because they're going to be down to like, oh, yeah, it's this guy. It's his origin film. He made an appearance in one issue of Spider-Man 3. Like, 
It just seems like they're going to be running out if they if they're already getting to Aqualad. I mean, you're mixing up your Marvel and DC. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just talking about superheroes in general. Yeah, I don't know it because like DC has barely touched upon like their big fucking superheroes. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Martian Manhunter, he was barely in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, Green Lantern hasn't had a fucking movie That's since since Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Uh, well, who was it that the director of Green Lantern wanted instead of Ryan Reynolds? Oh, I couldn't get. I just heard something about this the other day. I think maybe we talked about it when we covered Green Lantern. Probably did too. Uh, yeah. Don't know. I could look it up, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I. Uh, yeah, and they need to make a, at least another Superman movie. Yeah, which I I follow like the DC EU leaks subreddit, mm-hmm. and apparently, in like one cut of the Flash movie, like Superman died on whatever Earth that, that takes place on. on. Yeah, that's so. I, I yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, I don't know. We almost. I almost. Uh, suggested we do another clickbait section because I was scrolling through one of the sites and it said Man of Steel 3 sees Superman visiting his old home. And I was like, what the fuck? And I clicked on it and it was a fan-made poster. I'm like, that's clickbait as fuck. (laughs) Um, Yeah, J.J. Abrams is supposed to be coming out with a Superman movie, which I don't know what the fuck's going on with that, but I read that like it like J.J. Abrams turned in a like a script, like mm-hmm. a rough draft script, and like everyone thought it was terrible. Oh, really? <laughs> and they like let Matt Reeves read it. All right. And he was like, "Yeah, this is bad." Oh, okay. <laughs> Matt Reeves would be like, "Look, this, that's what they need to do, though, is have Matt Reeves read all the scripts and go, well, this is what I would do different, and then yeah. make a good movie that way." Yeah, but Matt Reeves' vision for the Batman is like grounded and yeah. Yeah, you couldn't really ground a, a Superman vision mm-hmm. because he's literally an alien. Yeah, you got to embrace that shit. <laughs> yeah. Fucking comic books, man. Embrace the comic bookness. Well, I've explained this before. I like the grounded version of Batman because he's just a guy. So it's like it's okay to be grounded in that universe, but the Superman thing you you could never get away with. Yeah, He's just a really strong guy. No, he's not. <laughs> uh, you, you know who else is a really strong guy? Me, yeah, you've been working out. No, looking good. I haven't. Well, you and Robert England. I don't think he's very strong, but <laughs> I needed a segue. Uh, apparently, he's uh, in the works for a new movie. This is kind of a short story. He's in the works. He's in. The, it's in the works. Robert England coming up the works. Newest project, Natty Knox. I already don't like the name. Is that is that, is that like a like Natty Daddy? Yeah, the fucking N A T T Y Knox. What the fuck? Sees him reunite uh, with Phantom of the Opera director Dwight H. Little. Uh, England is best known for his haunting appearance as Freddy Krueger, first seen in 1984's A Nightmare on Elm Street. Branding him no as a symbol of the horror genre. England worked with Little just a few years later in 1989 for the iconic Phantom of the Opera movie. Now England and Little are back together for a recently announced Natty Knox movie. That's just a two-hour commercial for fucking... Natty Ice, <laughs> hard seltzers. <laughs> Uh, England shared some behind-the-scenes images from this film set on Instagram. England teases the project with pictures of himself, Little, and Texas Chainsaw's Bill Mosley. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. 
While few details are known about Natty Knox, it is expected to be a horror project. No shit. Yeah, no shit. Given the fright flick oriented <laughs> cast and director. That's all I got on it. And then I I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to go to Robert England's Instagram and see some like behind the scenes stuff. And it's literally, this is why it's just pictures of them standing next to each oh. other. That's it. Like no scene from the movie or anything. It's just them. Yeah. In a selfie. <laughs> but I was actually listening to an interview with. Robert England today, and he's been on a, a ton of stuff that you wouldn't even realize, like kids shows, and then he does like serious, like not. I guess he's never like a starring role, but he'd be like play an extra and like a, just a, a regular movie. Sometimes that's not even a horror film. If you look up his IMDb, it's it's Jenna. insane. A Robert, Robert, Phantom of the Opera was a horror movie. Yeah, dude, dude's a ghost. Not really. He's a disfigured guy, much like, kind of like Freddy Krueger, even though. He was in Stranger Things. He's going to be in Stranger He's going to be in Stranger Things. When does the new Stranger Things drop? May or June. I feel like the trailer came out on a year ago. Spy Kids Mission Control. J.J. Villard's Fairy Tales. Uncle Grandpa. He's going to be in Harvest Moon. That's oh, shit. He was in, in Justice 2. He voiced Scarecrow. Hmm. No idea. So the f- but then he has like really weird B movies like the Funk House Massacre from two th- to twenty fifteen or Transylvanian Curse from twenty fifteen. Oh shit, that's only got a three point three. <laughs> Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Heck yeah. Ugh. Hulk and the Agents of Smash T V series. That was a good show. He was in Workaholics in twenty thirteen. Who did he play in Workaholics? Josh? Doctor Telemericorp. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not not a very good uh, resume. But, I mean, he does several projects a year, so he's probably paid. What do you think his net worth is? Uh, $7.4 $20 million. That was close. Yeah, you're close. <laughs> he probably just gets all the residuals, and I wonder if he has, like, a merchandise and marketing deal where... Anything using Freddy's likeness, he gets a cut of. Probably. Because then, if that's the case, that's why he's worth $20 million. I mean, Freddy Krueger looks like Robert England just with some scars. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. All burns. Burn scars. Burn Skarsgård. Burn Skarsgård, which is Alexander Skarsgård's cousin. Sister. Which is Bill Skarsgård's dad. I don't know. It's a weird family. Weird family tree. Yeah. Speaking of weird family. Yes. Uh, Will Smith banned from attending <laughs> Oscars ceremony and Academy events for 10 years. Uh, uh, this is, comes from IndieWire. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences convened a board meeting today to discuss further disinipli- fuck. disciplinary disciplinary actions against Will Smith and concluded that the actor shall not be permitted to attend any Academy events or programs in person or virtually including but not limited to the Academy Awards, per a letter from Academy of President David Rubin and CEO Don Hudson. Smith replied soon after and said, I accept and respect the Academy's decision. So he can still be nominated for Oscars he, and still win them. He can win them. He, he just, just doesn't be there yeah, for the ceremony. Yeah, he just doesn't have to leave his home. I uh, What was it? Weekend Update had a great joke about this, where it's like, so you're saying all like... 
his punishment is he doesn't have to sit through four hours yeah. of the ceremony. Uh, it was Colin Jones. He's like, you know what would make a better punishment? Make him host the Oscars. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I think that whole situation is stupid. So dumb. So stupid. Uh, Chris Rock came out recently <gasps> and said. As what? The host of the Oscars. Ah. Uh, he came out recently and said, I'm not going to talk about the Will Smith situation unless I get paid. And I was like, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Make that bag. Yeah. Fucking monetize that. That assault. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Weird family. Speaking of assaults, I got some Perry Mason news. So, I, you haven't watched the first season of Perry Mason. Nope. I, think you I don't think really I've ever watched the commercial for it. If if you like like Mr. Mercedes and like the detective type shit, yeah, you'd like this. It's set in the in the nineteen thirties, but it's well done and it's dark and gritty. And the first season came out I don't know, probably two three years ago now. It's been a long time coming. Is this like a British show? Mm-mm. Oh nope. It's it's it, it's based in America. It's set in Los Angeles, but they it's travel based to in some all other places of America. Yeah. The Mall of America. Well, set in Los Angeles in the 1930s, Perry Mason is HBO's takes on Erie Stanley's Gardner's iconic detective stories. There was a show back in like... Perry Mason is a very 30s name. Yeah. There was a show back in, I think I think the TVs were so black and white when it came out that people kind of associate with old people, and that's why I can't think what kept people away from watching the remake. But it's Leave it's, it to Beaver. It's Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Haskell's in it. I don't know what that is. <laughs> the character from Leave It to Beaver. Oh. Uh, the series stars Matthew Rice as a titular private investigator who spends the first season investigating the mysterious circumstances of a young boy's kidnapping. Uh, Perry Mason was developed by Roland Jones and Ron Fitzgerald, who will not be returning for season two. Damn it. In a recent interview with Collider for Gaslit, Shay Wingham shared that they are about halfway through the second season which has been a long time coming, and I'm, I might go back and rewatch the first season just because it's been so long, uh, which is being showrun by Jack Arney and Michael Burglar. Burglar. While Wingham wasn't able to reveal much about the upcoming season, he did say, we're in 33, which is 1933, Ooh. Perry Mason. Perry is in the soup again, Ooh. and he's got to try to figure his he's way out. He's in the soup again. He's in the soup again. Get him. Uh, hopefully, I'm from the 30s. <laughs> Talk like this. I'm from the 30s. Prohibition. It fell off the back of a truck. Now I want to just finish this whole article in that accent. Finish it. Finish it. Hopefully Strickland can get help him and navigate that. He's back in the soup. As the fans will remember, in addition to trying to help solve the disappearance of Charlie Dodson, Perry was in a pretty dark place that he was trying to get out of. He and his wife Linda had separated. Should have waited until daytime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it, folks. See you next week. Ah, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> uh, he and his wife Linda had separated due to Mason's degrading mental health, and he wasn't able to see his son Theodore, who was on his mind because because it was too dark out of the case he was working on, <laughs> based on when. Wingham's comments, it sounds like the ghost of World War One are still the ever-present in Mason's life, preventing him from moving forward. With the series moving into 1933, it will be interesting to see if the end of Prohibition is what sends Mason back in the soup. 
His drinking problem was, after all, a contributing part of his separation from Linda and his go-to coping mechanism for his PTSD. From the war? Yeah, from World War One. From it, the ghost of World War One. The ghost of you, My Chemical Romance. Good song. Anyways, you, I, I really feel like you would like this series if you well, checked it out. It's I'm on, not going to listen to you. I don't it's on have, Amazon Prime. You're not my real dad. I don't have to do what you're telling me, so... You're missing out because once it comes on, I'm going to start reporting on it every freaking podcast. Every day. <laughs> every day, even if it's just to myself in the mirror. Uh, Anybody listening, if you like detective films, films shows, go watch Paramount show on Amazon Prime. You won't be disappointed. Unless you don't like things that involve kids dying, then you will be disappointed. I'd rather not watch... Animals die. But kids you have no issue with? Nah. All right. Go watch it. They probably deserved it. <laughs> I got a pee, BRB. Oh, you're going to do this to me again. <laughs> Is this going to be an every podcast thing? Yeah. Oh. Maybe I should look up some fun facts for the, for the audience here. All right. 19 pop culture facts I find unbelievably interesting, even though I'm not a baby boomer. That's for you guys. Jane Fonda and Marilyn Monroe were in the same method acting class, which was one run by the legendary acting coach, which I think is, uh, where is it? Oh, no, it went away. Lee Strasberg. That's cool. Don't know who that is either. Don't worry. Uh, Rita Moreno had an affair with Marlon Brando and eventually slept with Elvis Presley just to make Brando jealous. Tina Turner's real name is actually Anna Mae Bullock, but her ex-husband changed it. I'm looking for a good one for you guys before he gets back on the mic. Oprah was obsessed with the Mary Tyler Moore show as a 20-something and wanted to get Mary Tyler Moore's character when she grew up. Oprah gave... Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil, a a career. Jimi Hendrix taught himself how to play the guitar and never learned how to read music. There we go. And that's for you guys. Subscribe for more fun facts. That's piss break trivia. (laughs) Um, Do you have any other news to report? Uh, I do not. All right. So moving on to uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Bing bong, bing bong. Bing bong, bing bong. Uh, What have you been reading, watching, and or listening to? Uh, I'm still listening to uh, The Outsider. I haven't got too much farther just because it's so freaking long. It's not even that long. It's it's 20 hours on audiobook. Yeah, so? It's long. Easy. Easy. All in a day's work. But I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring. Pull yourself Ring. up by your bootstraps. You're still fucking playing Elden Ring? Yeah. We talked about that last week. Yeah, it's a long-ass game. I'm still playing it. I'm not even, I've only beat one boss, and I don't, I don't even know how many there are, but there's a lot. So, sir, the final boss is taxes. <laughs> Death and taxes. It's a double Manually boss doing your taxes. Oh, that would be a terrible boss. I never tell us about that boss in school. Anyways, what have you been watching, reading, and or listening to? Uh, I read the Marvel Zom- Zombies uh, graphic novel. Well, it's the, it's the Omnibus, which is like all the... Marvel Zombie stories mm, okay. collected into one. Uh, Marvel Zombies is a five-issue limited series published from December 2005 to April 2006 by Marvel Comics. The series was written by Robert Kirkman 
and art by Sean Phillips and covers by Arthur Sudam. Uh, the story is set in an alternate universe where the world's superhero population has been infected with a virus which turned them into zombies. Uh, it's a, it was a pretty good fucking story. Yeah. Like the book, I don't know what I did with it, but it was pretty, pretty thick for a graphic novel. Was it? And, um, like it was pretty cool because the, like the virus didn't turn them into like mindless beings. Like, oh, okay. the, the, like they still like retained their intellect and superpowers and shit, mm. but they just had like a, like unbearable craving for flesh. Okay. So they, being superheroes, were able to fucking wipe out the earth by oh. eating everybody in, like, a short amount of time. And Silver Surfer comes because uh, he's Galactus's herald who mm-hmm. he goes around to different planets to uh, see if a planet is deemed worthy enough for um, for Galactus to eat. And he comes to Earth and... Like, he's flying around, and all the zombified heroes are like, oh, my God, we're hungry. Then they see him. They're like, what the fuck was that? Let's eat him. Yeah, then they fucking chase after him, and uh, Silver Surfer is like, uh, congratulations, pretty much saying, like, congratulations, uh, Galactus is going to eat this planet. Oh, nice. <laughs> you should feel so lucky. <laughs> and then they fucking, uh, like, go to take him down, and Silver Surfer puts up, a like, a good fight, but they... but uh. Hulk like bites his fucking head off. Oh shit! Yeah, and since, um, and they like all gather around to eat him, and since uh, Silver Surfer had cosmic powers, they consumed him and were able to get like a sliver of his powers and shit. So Galactus comes, they fucking defeat him. Uh, they eat him, and they're like, shit. Well, we have fucking cosmic powers now. Let's go fly in outer space and consume planets and people living on the planets oh nice yeah i actually i just reminded me i saw this and i wanted to ask you about it do you know anything about was it avengers 1 million bc or something like that no i saw something on it on comic book and i was like i wonder if he's ever heard of that 1 million bc yeah no maybe it's like ten thousand bc i don't know it was a bunch of numbers with was it like avengers set in oh, 1 like million the stone BC. age Earth 616, that's the main, I don't know. They looked all caveman-ish. That's just not even the, see if I can find a better photo for you. Should see if you can find a better photo for me. Yeah, see, they're all like weird, like caveman-y, but they're still the Avengers. Oh, so it's just the Avengers. I didn't know if it was a new thing or if like. I don't know, I've never heard of it. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was curious about it. Uh, yeah, fucking, uh, like the story mainly centers around Spider-Man, Giant-Man, Wolverine, Luke Cage, Iron Man, and Hulk, uh, zombified, and, like, uh, did you watch What If? I never watched What If. Oh. Well. I know. Uh, uh, Giant-Man, like, and he keeps Black Panther alive, but, like, sedated and unconscious, so he can, like, feed off his hunger. Oh, shit. Like, uh, keep it away. And by, like, cutting off chunks of Black Panther and eating it. Oh, shit. Yeah. And eventually, 
uh, Wasp, who is Giant Man's wife, she finds out, so he bites off her head so she doesn't fucking tell the other Avengers that <laughs> he's keeping Black Panther to himself. But uh, Black Panther is able to escape, and he takes fucking Wasp's still alive head. Because, like, instead of, uh, like, shooting, uh, like, the zombie in, in the in the head, and mm-hmm. that's good enough to get rid of him. Right. Uh, they're still able to function. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, like, they get fucked up throughout the story. Like, Spider-Man, like, loses, like, his his leg is, like, hanging on. Uh-huh. So he's like, I don't see my healing factor coming back. So, oh, shit. So I, I don't need this. Just rips his leg off and throws it. <laughs> and people fucking get, like, uh like giant holes punched in them. They just keep going. Yeah, they just keep going. Just, it's just a hole. It's yeah. a hole now. They don't feel pain, but oh, that's yeah. The only thing that they feel is the hunger and fucking uh, yeah, fucking Magneto's in it and shit. He puts up a fight, but they fucking kill him. It's it's a pretty good story. I was, I don't know, just reminded me of that scene from Return of the Living Dead when they catch the zombie. Have you seen that? Oh, it's like eighties zombie movie. Is that the one where they fucking like they're doing experiments? Like trying to see if like well, like Bob or whatever they call that fucking zombie, or they're like, oh, he's still like they're trying to see if they he still like retains like his humanity or whatnot. That was Return of the Living Dead two. Oh, this is the first one. They catch a zombie, and apparently the zombie can talk, even though zombie all the other zombies don't talk. And uh, they asked why eight brains, and it was like it makes the pain go away. And I, that's what it reminded me of when you said that all they feel that, that, is the hunger. But yeah, that's probably what they fucking took inspiration from. Yeah, because there, there's a like an introduction where they talk about uh, how George A. Romero he mm. came up with the Night of the Living Dead from a H.P. Lovecraft short story. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, the the reason why there's zombies, like the Living Dead. Uh, is because there was like a asteroid or something that crash landed on Earth, or some radiation thing exploded in the atmosphere, and that's mm-hmm. what brought uh, dead people back to life. But anyways, I uh, they talked about that how like the popularity of zombies died in like the eighties, yeah, nineties, and it wasn't until fucking uh, Robert Kirkman created The Walking Dead. Really? It was even before... Oh, I guess 28 Days Later was more like a rage thing, not really zombie. But, yeah, I guess Walking Dead was probably the thing that kind of ignited it back. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're created, like, pretty close to each other, The Walking Dead and 28 Days Later. Really? Yeah. And it was, it was like, pure coincidence that, like, they started out the same, of someone waking up in a hospital. Yeah. So, 28... Days later was so was twenty eight days later ever based off a book or was it just a movie? I think it was just a movie because that came out in oh two. Yeah, and then Walking Dead was oh three. Oh, Walking Dead like uh, graphic like the, novel series. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because it was. I know it wasn't until fuck, I was maybe twenty when the TV show started. Yeah, something St- like that. Started off pretty strong, but then it got I loved it. And repetitive. Then, yeah, it, then it got boring bad. as fuck, and it's still boring. Yeah, but I think it's ending. I don't know. 
I haven't I, I haven't been know. paying attention. I know that I made a bunch of fucking money. Yeah, and then it came out, and then it was like World War Z, and everything started coming out yeah. right afterwards because of trying to capitalize on that zombie fever. Um, I have World War Z. Do you? Yep. Is it a good book? I haven't read it. <laughs> nice. And then uh, there was like the like that super popular uh, zombie apocalypse survival guidebook. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I trust you. I thought I had it. <laughs> if you search on fucking uh, Amazon, you could probably find it. Really? Yeah, like the zombie apocalypse survival guide. Is it a blue cover? Um, well, like a the first your, one. Yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. Complete protection from the living dead. And then fucking uh. The Devil's The Devil Wears Prada. They yeah. came out with that fucking zombie EP album. Oh that yeah, that was fucking sick, right? When did uh, yeah, like around that fucking era was when fucking zombies were super popular again. Yeah, and then I remember seeing Shaun like, of the Dead. They they fucking brought it back and yeah. fucking uh, Zack Snyder's reboot of Dawn of the Dead. Yep, that I, I remember seeing freaking like jeeps with like zombie deterrent mm. services or whatever on the side yeah. of it and shit. I'm just like, oh my god, I can't stand. I don't mind zombies, but it seems like one ever one thing that zombie gets somewhat successful, everyone does it, and then it makes me hate zombies. Yeah, for a long Hollywood. time. Yeah, true. They fucking beat that fucking dead horse to death and make it come back to life and eat people. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else? I got nothing, sir. All right. Uh, should we move on to twer? Let's do it. This week in review. Clip it. We need that for the intro. So this week, we decided to cover an animated movie. A DC animated movie. Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, which came out in 93. Yep. The synopsis, synopsis, synopsis. Is Batman is wrongly implicated uh, in a series of murders of mob bosses actually done by a new vigilante assassin. Uh, this was directed by direct by <laughs> Bruce Tim, uh, Bruce Tim, Kevin Altieri, Boyd Kirkland, uh, Frank Power, Poor, Dan Reba, and Eric Radomski. And it stars Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill. Uh, Dana Delaney, Stacy Keach, and Dick Miller uh, as a bunch of people. You know what, what I liked about this film? What? It was only an hour for one. It was like an hour 15. I think it was, yeah, but it was a little over an hour. It wasn't too long. And I, when we talked about the Batman, I think, or one of the Batman movies that we've covered, uh, this was on the list of like best Batman movies. It was pretty yeah. high up there. Yeah. And I'd never heard of it. So I was like, okay, we got to check it out. And it's Batman. Well, I mean, who doesn't like Batman? It's set in the uh, the Batman animated series. Which is awesome. Question. When did the comics debut for Batman? Like when they very first debuted? Yeah. Uh, like the action comics or whatever. 30... Something thirty something that makes sense because uh, the Batman animated series 
takes on that era. Like the mobsters talk like old school mobsters. It's very like art deco. Yeah, art deco and like all the cars are like Rolls Royce style with the long front end. So I I was, I I didn't know. I knew it was, Batman was old, but I didn't know if it like started in that era or just that's like like an era where it like really took hold. Yeah. Uh, Fun fact, Harley Quinn, she was created uh, for the Batman animated series. Oh, really? She yeah. wasn't a, a character in a comic book before nope. that? That's yeah, created by Paul Dini. Um, yeah, the, they gave uh, Joker an origin in this movie. Yeah. Which, which I didn't mind. I it, it was pretty good. It was along the lines of uh, like Jack Nicholson's where he was like a mobster before yeah. he became the Joker. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It didn't show what specifically happened. For him to become the Joker, yeah, kind of gave him like. I think they did in the animated series where they? they just gave him like the where he falls in the vat of acid, yeah, and, which is and turns him white, gives him red gotta, lips. You gotta watch your step. <laughs> yep. Uh, where are you going? Don't but I, I, I actually I watched it with Kayla and she got that before me. Like I didn't even think about it because he was always standing there with his long, yeah, his nose long ass nose, but. You know, it's it's a it's an animated series, and he's a mobster. He's gonna be whatever. So when he was standing there, I didn't think of it, and then uh, it was the second time that he showed up as the mobster. He's like, I think that's the Joker, and I was like, Dude, you're right. That is the Joker. Wow, you're a big Batman fan, really, aren't you, Kayla? <laughs> She's watched every Batman movie with me yeah. so far. She's watched every single piece of Batman media. Yep. Before you guys were together a million years ago. Uh. Yeah, Mark Hamill voices the Joker. Like uh, they, not only did they give Joker kind of an origin, they they delved into like how Batman became Batman too, which yeah. I thought was yeah. uh, that was inspired or like they took inspiration from the Frank Miller Batman Year One comic. Oh, really? Yeah. Heck yeah. Um. Oh, did you? Uh, did the twist of the movie surprise you? It. Kind of. I thought it was going to be, uh, what's her name? What's the character's name? The love interest. Oh. I can't remember now. Probably should have wrote, that, wrote down. that down. I <laughs> thought it was going to be her dad, though, because they kind of set it up to be like, oh, it's yeah. her dad. That, and then, yeah, they had, um, it was either, I think it was Stacy Keach. I think they had him voice the, mm-hmm. voice the, the, what the fuck, the, what? Phantasm? Yeah. I forgot what the fuck the name of the villain was. And they had like... They what? actually never name it. Oh, yeah. In the movie, in the, it's, it's never spoken It's once. never spoken. It's just a, whoever this person is. The Batman. The Batman. <laughs> so they fucking think it is. Yeah. It's like idiots. No, it's clearly the fucking love interest. So if you haven't seen it, it starts off with... It starts off with a, a mobster being murdered, right? The movie does? Um, No, it starts off with... Doesn't it start off with Batman like well Batman, jumping into that boardroom or whatever, and then he takes down those thugs and then he chases the thug across that fucking like yeah. bridge, that bridge walkway that's like a hundred stories up. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Connects from the building to the car park. Right. Well, this phantasm shows up because he's going after one of the the mobsters that Batman breaks up the meeting with, and uh, ends up. The Phantasm, which we've come to, I don't know, assume its name is, uh, ends up driving, well, forcing the mobster to drive out the window of the 
the parking garage yeah. and die, leaving Batman to be standing there. Andrea Beaumont. Okay. Andrea, yeah. Uh, leaving Batman to be standing there in which people see Batman's like, Bill, Batman just killed that man. Yeah. And then various other mobsters come up dead. Yeah. And people are blaming it on Batman. So now Batman's being framed for killing people, even though Batman doesn't kill. And Commissioner Gordon's on his side. Yeah. He's like, you fucking idiots. No, that's clearly isn't fucking him. You're dumb. But somehow. Check out my mustache. uh, I'm Commissioner Gordon. Who? The, was he a congressman? Uh, Councilman? Councilman or something Something like like that. Which apparently is a high-ranking official. I don't know. I, I was like, is that fucking Harvey Dent? Why, yeah, why right. do they make him look different? Uh, a councilman is all dead set about capturing the Batman. Yeah. And you come to find out it's because his councilman has been working with the mob. So if the people in the mob are dying, he's probably going to be next as well. Yeah, he was, uh, he was like in bed with... Uh, Andrea Beaumont's dad, mm-hmm. uh, like he was paying for his campaign. Yep. And he. Well, uh, no. So Andrea Beaumont's dad had business dealings with the mob. The mob came to collect their debt and they were Carl roughing Beaumont. him up. Yep. They came to collect their debt and were roughing him up. He said, give me one more day. I'll get you the money. Yeah. They left and he fled to Columbia or some shit. Europe. Yeah. The councilman called upon him for money because he was out of money during his campaign yeah. and he said no so he sold him out to the mob yeah and then the mob yeah, went and uh, killed him. andrea tells bruce that they're going on like her and her dad are going on vacation to europe so she yep. broke off their engagement and and batman's like you'll fuck this i'm pissed i'm gonna be batman i'm gonna now. be batman and alfred's like no he's like i don't think that's a good idea master wine master wine Oh, I don't think I that's Arthur, a good idea. I diapered your bottom. <laughs> Hello, Gavda. <laughs> Spot a tea. Anyways, so Batman's investigating who's killing these mob bosses. Yeah. And he, he, he even comes to find out that he thinks it's Andrea Beaumont's dad, Carl Beaumont. So, cool. He came back to kill these mob bosses who wanted him. I was yeah. Like, that makes sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. Uh. In the process of this, one of the mobsters enlists the help of the Joker to for protection, I guess. But the Joker ends up killing him just to plant him back in his house to get a camera on him to see who's actually killing these. Oh, yeah. Finds yep. out it's not Batman doing it. Which I thought, I actually liked that scene which a he, lot. Which the Joker figured it out that it was Andrea Beaumont. Yeah. Because he, like. Because he was the one that killed Carl, wasn't it? Because he came out of the house uh, smiling. Yeah, yeah. So it was the Joker that's the one that killed Carl. Yeah, and he figures out that it's not Batman. Then he figures out it's fucking Andrew Andrea because he has that, that fucking plane with the bomb Yep, go and fucking blow up in her house when Batman was there. So And then he's like, oh, I, I don't yeah. know if he assumed he killed the Batman that way. No, he assumed that he killed Andrea. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he called Andrea's house and Batman picked up but didn't say anything. And he's like, oh, what's up, toots, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. I'm going to blow you up. Ah, I'm the Joker, baby. I'm the Joker, baby. Ah, ha, 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 ha. But then Andrea confronts uh, the Joker at his 
Futureland, basically. Yeah. It was Futurela- old Futureland exhibit from yeah, the World's it, Fair. Yeah, it was the World's Fair. And it was all decrepit and shit. Um, a fight ensues. And then uh, what happens? Oh, Joker rigs the whole place to blow. Yeah. Uh, Batman's trying to get Andrea to like, no, oh, get out of here. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, I'm Batman. I'm so confused. Batman was very, uh, you're not my real dad in this. Cause, uh, oh, Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I know everything. He's like, you know, nothing. Hello. But anyways, hello, master Wayne. Bruce or Batman is trying to get Andrea to leave. Andrea's like, no, I got to do this. Yeah. And then the whole place blows and you assume Andrea dies, even though Batman was sitting right there yeah. and didn't get blown up. He was just kind of like, fuck, gone. Yeah. Then he's like, fuck love, man. A little bit to be in bed. Yeah. Right I'm going to brew. This is why I brewed. My, <laughs> my heart's broken. <laughs> but, uh, it, then the movie ends with you find out that she's still alive but on a boat somewhere. Yeah. It was very – so this came out in 93. So if you've seen a lot of the Batmans past this, you've seen a lot of the same things you would see in this movie. Like like Batman? Well, like the portrayal of a love interest, like that kind of stuff. The uh, origin story, even though the origin story in this was different from origin stories afterwards. But it just uh, it, it more just, or less the same. More or less the same. With that said, I liked it. It was good, and it definitely needed to be rated high on the list of good Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, this I don't know like what was going on with Batman the animated series at the time, but like this was like made to be like the end of the series. Oh, really? Because like the Joker dies, but obviously he doesn't because the right. series continued. But, uh, yeah, most of the movie is based on the graphic novels Batman Year One and Batman Year Two, which I think the first one was by Frank Miller, but the second one I don't think was. Did the Batman take inspiration from Batman Year Two? No, it, it, it was just set in Batman's second oh, okay. year. okay. Uh, the flashback to Batman's first night of crime fighting, donning a jacket and ski hat, is parallel to book one of Year One. The design and concept of... The Phantasm was derived from the Reaper, the primary villain of year two. Oh. Yeah, he uh, he goes out on his first night of crime fighting, and they're not scared of him yeah. at all. He's like, they got to be scared of me. Like, you're not afraid of me, Alfred. You're not afraid of me, Alfred. <laughs> go, tell him, go tell him that you can beat him up. I, I will say that Batman and slash Bruce Wayne in this movie was kind of a whiny bitch. Yeah. It's just all happening so fast. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, figure it the like fuck the, out. Like the movie, like, entangled... Like, like, it went from, like, present day to flashbacks, and you're like, is that supposed to be young Bruce Wayne? He looks the same as yeah, he looks the exact present day same. Bruce Wayne. That I, I will admit, that got confusing. It yeah. Didn't, it didn't make it abundantly clear that they were doing a flashback. Yeah. And they did the, they jumped back and forth a few times, and I was like, oh, oh, she has shorter hair, so I guess <laughs> this is a flashback. Other than that. And then Alfred had black hair instead of white hair. That's the only way you could tell. Everything else was, like, the exact same. But... Uh, got a couple of pieces of trivia here. Do it. Let's, let's hear it. Uh, what I just read was the first one. Oh, okay. 
Uh, when the Joker shoots the robots in the World's Fair, the sound of them winding down is the sound of the Millennium Falcon winding down from The Empire Strikes that Back. It sounded familiar to which me. Which also starred Mark Hamill. <laughs> uh, in the Batman, the animated series, like Dick Grayson slash Robin is a big part of it. Oh, really? Yeah, same with Batgirl. Uh, his absence... Is explained in the novelization of the movie, which apparently is a novelization of this movie. Oh, uh, is that he is in college during this? <laughs> uh, I love how he's like a crime fighting hero. But he's like, no, nope, still gotta go yeah. to college. Still gotta, still go gotta to college. be able to get a good job after this. Uh, Bruce Tim went through approximately twenty different character designs for the Phantasm before creating a vision that resembles the Grim Reaper and Azrael's mask. The large blade on the right hand was not part of Tim's original design and was added later at Alan Burnett's insistence. So, which I, I thought the I thought like the Phantasm character was pretty sweet. I, I it thought was like the fucking smoke following him and the, encompassing him. I was hoping they would claim like or explain how they were able to just disappear in the smoke. Yeah, because they never explained how he disappears and disappears. I don't know. Or she, I guess they. They, them, uh, yeah, but they don't. So nope. it leaves on a cliffhanger, I guess, yeah. in that sense. Or maybe it's in the novelization. Oh, you know what? Maybe Amazon. The smoke leaves behind like a shadow residue, so it still looks like the phantasm is there, but they dipped out. Or maybe she can just move real fast, so it's like in the cartoons when they move. Dude, like the I think she does move sense. really fucking fast because I think. Batman was chasing her like across rooftops or some shit. And oh, she was yeah. fucking. She was, she was, she was booking yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was originally supposed to be like a direct to direct to VHS, direct to video fucking release, but Warner Brothers was like, actually, we're gonna release release this theatrically, and the animators and shit were like, fuck yeah, that's awesome, but it gave them a lot less time to yeah. fucking work on it. Uh, Which I think you can kind of tell, A, with the runtime. I don't know if the runtime was supposed to be longer or if the runtime was a force. I mean, if, if it's an hour and 15 minutes, then that's what WB, oh, like okay. all the DC animated movies are 75 minutes long. Oh, okay. Uh, it had a budget of $6 million, but only made $5.6 Eek. Yeah. But luckily, the show continued afterwards, so I feel like they were fine. Yeah, they were fine. Yeah. Still got my job, motherfuckers. Plus there's... Batman movies coming out around that time, and they were fine. Yeah, a couple of them are good movies, and the rest of them weren't. Do you want to hear some pop culture facts from 1993? Bring it. The top films for the year include Jurassic Park, Mrs. Doubtfire, The Firm, The Fugitive, Sleepless in Seattle, and Schindler's List. Damn, that was a year for fucking movies. Yeah. The Jurassic Park saga... Saga? Began Sega. and Sega Genesis began in 1993 with with its very first movie. Uh, it brought a change in movie making. A broad change, ushering CG into the industry. It also beat ET's rating at the time. And then this actually has a a fact about Batman: Mask of the Phantasm Batman. was released, which might be oh, one really? of the yeah, which might be <laughs> one of the best animated films ever. It says, it's, I wouldn't go ever. Yeah, but that's it was a, kind of subjective. Yeah. But. It's Definitely one of the best. However, it was a flop at the box office and had several runs before it could cover its budget. 
Yeah, it, it was like re-released in theaters in like the early 2000s or early 2010s. Oh, really? It only made like 17 grand. 17 grand? But it was probably released in like, like three, 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 three yeah. theaters. Yeah. Uh, may blame poor marketing for this failure rather than the quality. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, like the quality is really fucking good. I've never heard of it, so they obviously didn't market it very well. No. Uh, Army of Darkness, Evil, yeah, Evil Dead 2 was released, which is Army of Darkness. I don't know why they put it like that. Uh, starring Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. Was Sam Raimi in that movie? Maybe a cameo? Yeah, I don't remember him. Also, wasn't Army movie. of Darkness the third one? Technically. Yeah. Yeah, because Evil Dead 2 is like technically a, Evil Dead yeah, 1. Yeah, it's like remade. a very, 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 very soft reboot. Uh, yeah. Uh, this followed two prequels. And is usually thought to be the greatest movie within the Ash Williams trilogy. Do you want to do music or do you want to do television? Uh, television. Gotcha. Sports? Sports it is. Sports it is. Lions. <laughs> Lions. Uh, the show Beavis and Butthead was the creation of a collaborative between oh, MTV and Mike Judge for 1993. What was the first thing? Sports? Sports. Oh, you want to see <laughs> Television? Sports. Sports. Sports happened in 1993. Uh, it has it broken down into different categories. Uh, yeah. Uh, the result of this kind of comedy that had never been seen before might have been the show that prompted MTV shift away from music and into regular programs. Damn you, Mike Judge. This year saw the start of the show Frasier. Ooh. I'm not going to go on to read a bunch of facts about Frasier. Uh, the Animaniacs came on screen during September of 93. Thanks, Steven Spielberg. And immediately captivated their audience. Their humor was self-aware. The characters were fun and an overall colorful yet nutty experience. That's a show they never tried to reboot either. Yeah, they, they did reboot it. Oh, did they? Or they continued it, like last year. Oh, did I never yeah. heard about that. Did you... Happen to check it out? I don't have cable. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if you could find it online. Maybe. Maybe it's on HBO Max. I don't know why they put this. The X-Files made its debut in 1994 under 1993 trivia. Weird. <laughs> and went on to spawn 11 seasons. Cool. I've only watched like three seasons of that. Oh, here's, here's kind of a cool one. This one's labeled under unusual occurrences. The voice boxes of several G.I. Joe and Barbie dolls were switched by the Barbie <laughs> Barbie Liberal Organization. What? Barbie Liberal Organization. Yep. After the switch, the members of the organization would reverse shoplift the dolls back to stores. Reverse shoplift? What the fuck? G.I. Yeah, G.I. Jones dolls would then say, want to go shopping? And the Barbies would say, eat lead, Cobra. It's amazing. That is pretty They're probably good. worth money now. Yeah. Oh. I almost kind of want to, like, search up. If I could find one on eBay, I doubt it, though. Just type in, like, Barbie, Voice Box, G.I. Joe. I bet there's fucking something. Dude, we watched, uh, like, we're watching that fucking Dark Side of the 90s, whatever. Uh-huh. Documentary on Hulu. And we, like, last week we watched the episode on fucking Beanie Babies. Fucking white people are crazy. <laughs> Dude, I know. Like, they're fucking beating up guards at fucking, like, warehouses that that had them and shit. And people are shooting each other over them and shit. Oh, damn. How many Barbie dolls spoke, now that I think about it? I don't know. <laughs> it's probably the expensive ones. Yeah, true. Not, like, the $10 ones. 
Oh man, there's a video on it. I can't find one for sale though. Bam. Probably because they're all probably collected. Yeah. Someone's collection. Worth a bunch of money. Anyways. Anyways. Sports. You want to do sports? Do fucking sports. Let's do sports. Oh my God. This year in sports. In the wide world of sports. Pitcher Jim Abbott, who didn't have a right hand by birth, was playing for the New York Yankees. Nice. He managed to throw a no hitter. And a no hander. (laughs) (laughs) Steffi Graf was the winner of three tennis Grand Slam tournaments. All right, skip the football. Manchester United finally won the title wrong, after 20. Wrong football. <laughs> um, there is no football one. Football happened. Day football. All right, well, here's... Day football, 1993. Let's do a guessing game. Who do you think won the Super Bowl in 1993? Uh, Jets. Hello? I'm looking. It's probably not even a team that has the has a name anymore. They changed the name. It was like the AFL or whatever. Uh, it's just telling me a bunch of things. Hang on. I'll teach you how to internet. I got it. Dallas Cowboys. Ew. It's America's team, baby. Psych. I, I put Super Bowl 93, and then it brought like the Wikipedia. And I'm like, I'm not going to read through that. So I had to type in who won the Super Bowl 1993. I just typed in 1993 Super Bowl winner. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> it says right there. All right. The Google result. <laughs> okay. Dallas Cowboys. Or if you're white and you think you're clever, it's the Dallas Cowgirls. <laughs> uh, anyways. Anyways. All right. Um, Should we end it there? Yeah, let's end it there. Right now. They've had enough. They've had enough of our presence. And if you want more, subscribe. To the Patreon. To the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash pop. Uh. Guys, go on the Facebook or the Instagram or the Twitter. Leave us ideas for film reviews. Yeah, and um, leave us reviews while you're yeah, at it. Too. Leave, leave us reviews in the app. Uh, it helps us get discovered. Uh, leave a review if you want it to be read. Let it be. You can make it funny. Make it fucking talk shit about us. Actually, make it as mean as you possibly can. But, I want it to be very entertaining. But don't that. make it racist or homophobic. Or, or that, yeah. But also, don't make it one star. Make it five. Yeah, make it five. <laughs> make it five make stars, it five. but also just talk shit to us. That's this, fine. This isn't YouTube where if you, even if you dislike the video, it still helps you with the algorithm. Interactions, yeah. Yeah. But speaking of YouTube, go on the YouTube. Interact with our videos on there, too. Yeah. Um, all right. And next week, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Bram Stoker's Dracula next week. Wait, shit. What is next week? Oh, yep. says right there, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yep. Uh, Perfect. uh, And as we always say, thanks for watching, and (gasps) goodbye. 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 That's not it. Shit, which one is it? There it is. All right, goodbye. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to our executive producer, Justin. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Pop Culture Bicycle and on Twitter at Pop Culture Bike. You can follow me on Instagram at Pop Culture Jake and Luke at Luke Keyway underscore DG. That's Keyway spelled K E W A Y. If you have any suggestions for us to read and or watch, email the podcast at Pop Culture Bicycle at gmail.com or use hashtag Pop Culture Bicycle on Twitter. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash popculturebicycle. 